The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, The Jake and Josh Show, is SB Nation's official podcast about your Miami Dolphins. Check out Finsider.com for more Miami Dolphins content and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with us on Twitter. Jake can be found at jmendel94. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z or just house. The show is made possible by Dolphins everywhere, so be sure to rate and comment, share your thoughts, and let us know how we are doing. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome back for another edition of Finsider Radio. We are gearing up for a battle between two of the AFC East best four teams. And welcome in. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk Dolphins. We're going to talk Jets. But before we do that, I have to introduce my co-host, Joshua. The Dolphins are riding a two-game winning streak. They might make it three. How are you doing today? I'm cold, Jake. It was actually pretty hot yesterday, so I... Turned the heat down, opened the window, and I forgot to turn it back on. So I woke up this morning. It was cold as F. Um, nips were still hard. So I'm doing better now that the house is heating up and we get to talk Dolphins football. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. That's the most frustrating thing about the fall up here, right? You get those one or two days that you really enjoy, but then the next day it goes right back into... Um, Real quick, yep. Igloo land, I guess we'll call it, to be dramatic enough. So Josh, here we go. We have to be feeling pretty good. Xavier Howard wins Defensive Player of the Week. Tua comes in in the second half against the Ravens. Everybody's talking about Thursday night football, uh, how someone finally slowed down the Ravens where you have Lamar Jackson, who is what fifth in the league in receiving or passing yards, excuse me. And then fourth in the league in rushing yards or something bananas like that. 
And now the momentum's growing, that snowball's building, but Josh, the Jets. It's the Jets, Jake, and I don't know if you looked it up, but the Miami Dolphins are 55 and 55 and one lifetime against the Jets. So, um, you know, typical Dolphins Jets fashion. The largest win was 43 nothing back in 1975. And as our friend Lane would say, no one lives in the past quite like the Miami Dolphins. So, uh, Jake, you mentioned what we could do to an elite offensive unit, a powerhouse like the Baltimore Ravens last week. Dolphins calls them fits. Um, I hope they can build on that this week, but it's against the Jets. And as we've seen in the past, you know, um, these two teams play each other pretty damn hard. When you're facing teams in your division, it always seems to be the case. They know you a little bit better than anyone else. But Josh, this year, the Dolphins are facing a rookie head coach that is, you know, not doing too, too well when you have to uh, bench the second overall pick. You have this phenom in Mike White who sweeps over the nation. You have to bench him, too. Um, and right now, Josh, the Dolphins are giving three and a half points. So what do you think is the biggest thing? Let's start on the offensive side of the football where the Dolphins need to come out of this game because obviously they need a win. You know, if the Dolphins lose this game, you know, Steven Ross, he's from New York. If he has to, you know, go up there and then lose to uh, Woody Johnson's team, I think he isn't going to be too happy. Uh, this team looks decent. They're developing an identity. So where does this game plan start on offense for the Dolphins to attack one of the weakest defenses? I believe the Jets have uh, given up more 20 yard uh, passing plays than any other team in the league. Jake, I mean, I, I it has to be the passing game, right? I'd love to be able to sit here and tell you they can run the football against what looks like the 29th ranked um, defense line, 133.9 yards per game on the ground. But I think they're going to do it through the air, Jake. I mean, this is a defense that is, you know, the Dolphins have been pretty brutal against the passing game in past weeks. But what we've seen out of the Jets has just been atrocious. And you mentioned mm -hmm. how, you know, they have a rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach. When you brought this head coach in here, he was supposed to turn this team around, turn that defense around. And they're dead last in almost every statistical category. So I think this is the game, you know, in previous weeks, we talk about letting Tua cook. We saw some good things at the end of that Ravens game, especially in the fourth quarter from Tua. Some of that creativity, you know, we talked about in previous podcasts. I think that's the way they got to attack this. Obviously, they got to continue to run the football. I don't know if it's Miles Gaskin. I don't know who might be that run game presence, but um, that's going to allow that passing game to open up. And I think, you know, again, this should be the game that Tua can go out there and cook. But with me saying that, you know, this is going to end up being, what, a 12-9 to 9 game or something like that. But <laughs> yep. I do think the best way to do that is to attack this defense through the air. Yeah, Josh, and Tua was actually – Listed as a full participant in practice on Thursday, which is a great sign. I actually didn't see too many people get excited about that, but I thought that kind of took away any doubt that he'd be the quarterback um, when healthy or when, let's say, 70% healthy even. Uh, he averaged 12.2 yards per attempt against the Ravens. He had the big play to Waddle that you loved. Uh, he had that big play to Wilson that seemed to be a broken coverage. And Josh, the Jets defense is 32nd in quarterback rating and 31st in yards per attempt. What the Dolphins did, though, against the Ravens featured around... Two guys we're not used to seeing a lot out of, and that's Albert Wilson and Isaiah Ford. And earlier in the week, Josh, we spoke about how Will Fuller might come back. That isn't the case. So the Dolphins are going to continue attacking through the air. Is it Albert Wilson again? Is it Isaiah Ford? Obviously, Jalen Waddle, he caught four of six targets. He leads the team with 84 targets. He's going to be involved in the offense. And then, you know, we have to also bring up Mike Kosicki catching zero of seven targets for a whopping zero yards last week as well. Yeah, that's the, again, I'm still kind of baffled that Crazy. they were able to beat the Baltimore Ravens, you know, a team that we've struggled against and Mike Kosicki caught zero targets. So, I mean, Jake, it, it is a little bit concerning that, you know, we're not getting a, a Will Fuller back. I guess Devontae Parker, he's still out apparently, correct? So, um, yeah. you know, we're going to be relying on Albert Wilson, Isaiah Ford, you know, maybe everyone will get their wish and maybe Kirk Merritt's activated. I mean, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> oh, everyone you. 
Yeah, and every, yeah, every, and Travis Fulgham broke out a little bit for Philly last year. I mean, I think he's still lingering yeah. around the practice squad. So, you know, maybe that's a name we look out for. But, I mean, when you look at the Jets' defense, you don't have that big name in the secondary. The defense, again, has been atrocious. So I think this is the best way to attack him, Jake. And uh, I think we can definitely agree that Mike Kosicki is going to have more than zero catches this weekend. I think Jalen Waddle again, this is a pretty good um, – you made a pretty good point. This is going to be that game where I think he's that focal point and he's that guy that Tua, you know, already has the chemistry with. Why not go out there and take some of those deep shots, do some of those creative things and get Jalen Waddle in space and let him be that big place presence. So I'm excited, Jake, because this should be that game where, you know, the Dolphins should be able to get right on offense, but should is the key word. Yeah. And the key here is Waddle has been getting that, that volume, whether it's Brissett, whether it's Tua. I mean, he's getting open and, and doing enough to kind of be that uh, quick spark in the offense, I think is a good way to put it. He's actually been targeted more than any other receiver on the team. Uh, Mike Kosicki is second with being targeted 70 times on the year. And Josh, there is no way uh, he catches zero seven targets again. I think a lot of the time, too, especially in the first half when uh, Jake Brisket was targeting him. They were kind of like last second, like he knew where he was because obviously you called the play, you know where each player is going to be. Uh, but it was like, hey, please, you know, bail us out here. It seemed like those were the type of throws that were going his way. And Josh, third on the team in terms of receptions is Miles Gaskin. So I want to ask you, am I kind of like grasping for anything here and saying, is it maybe going to be a Duke Johnson week? I could be simply sitting here and ranting about... um. It kind of seems like at the end of the preseason when you're yelling about that fourth string running back who looked good against fifth stringers even, and you think he should be on the team and yada, yada, yada. That's how I feel I might be about Duke Johnson. But man, I mean, the volume is there for running backs. They're going to try to run the ball against a horrible, horrible Jets defense, Josh, that is giving up 147 yards per game over the last three. So you have to try to get a running back involved, um, especially to, I know he's not going to be hundred percent. The offensive line gave up four sacks against the Ravens and overall just running the football makes everyone gain a little bit of confidence. Then you can take those strikes downfield. So Josh, is it going to be back to the Gaskin? Well, Salvan Ahmed, maybe we know Malcolm Brown is still out or, you know, Duke Johnson practice squad, I think for two or three weeks now uh, is still floating around. Yeah, definitely sounds like we're back in the preseason and we're just all praying for a Jared Dokes or one of those guys, you know, broke off one big play in practice to come out here and make a presence. So we thought maybe we'd see some Duke Johnson, you know, maybe he was going to come in that Houston game, maybe a little bit last week. We're still waiting to see him, but I think they're going to continue to use Miles Gaskin the way they have Jake. And, you know, for mm -hmm. better or worse, I mean, he's been that guy that's the, you know, the quote unquote RB1. I mean, we thought Ahmed brought a lot of the similar traits that Gaskin did to the table. We thought maybe we'd see him get more involved, but we haven't. Gaskin last week carried the about 14 times for 31 yards. I think that followed oh up, what, a 30-yard performance on 20 <laughs> yeah. carries the week prior. So, I mean, he's just been slugging along. And, I mean, he – I just it's hate – It's winning it football. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's worked, right? It, it, it has worked. <laughs> but um, you just want to see someone be able to break off that big play and, you know – strike fear in that defense. I mean, no one's scared of the Dolphins running attack. And, you know, when, mm -hmm. yes, the offensive line, you know, has showed some improvement. They've been pretty bad. But when you can't run the football, I mean, that makes the entire offense's life more difficult than it has to be. So I hope to see Gaskin, you know, maybe hit 100 yards. I'd like to see maybe Ahmed do some things. Maybe even it's Duke Johnson. But um, I, I don't know, man. This run game just – it sucks because they just seem like they're in quicksand. And, again, we talked about all the times they had a chance to upgrade the position. We're right yeah. back where we started. Josh, I think this could be a good opportunity for a flexier muscles type of game for the Miami Dolphins offense. Now, there are already the whispers of the Dolphins have such a weak schedule moving forward, uh, but this is an AFC East opponent, but it's the Jets, man. I think that this is going to be an opportunity for, you know, 
for us to be sitting here in January, even February, to be scrolling through the stats and see that this was a big blow-up game for the offense. And the biggest reason for that, Josh, is because it's 2021 and Joe Flacco is going to be a thing for the New York Jets. And I see no way in hell uh, that football team is able to move the football against the Dolphins, especially the way that defense played last week and even the week before since they're averaging, what, nine points given up a game over the last two? Yeah, I mean, this defense has been playing awesome as of late. And to think that, I mean, you put it best, to think that 2021, Joe Flacco was a thing and, you know, he's somehow starting again for the Jets. I mean, it's crazy, but I mean, it goes back to what we talked about in the last one. I mean, if there was ever a team to go out there and beat the Ravens, then lose to Joe Flacco and the Jets, you know, in this fashion, it would be the Dolphins. So I hope I'm wrong. I hope that's just all the negativity talking you mentioned on the last podcast and have written down here the last time they played each other. The Dolphins defeated the Jets, I believe it was last year, 24-0. Joe Flacco yeah. completed 21 of 44 attempts for 186 yards and an interception. Agba had that awesome sack, um, but he is. Again, he's 7-1 lifetime against the Dolphins, and part of that just has to linger in the back of your mind despite all those wins being with the Ravens because, again, that's so Dolphin. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito It's awful, man. It's awful that we can't just go in with that little bit of confidence. But the Jets are yet to win with Joe Flacco playing under center. Um, It's been musical chairs in New York, and Flacco hasn't even been there the entire season. Uh, They don't want to start Mike White. They don't want to start Zach Wilson. Basically, Josh, because... You know, if you want to sound like a smart football guy at the bar, you go up to someone and say the Dolphins are playing cover zero because it's not what everybody has been saying. Uh, but, man, it's been this way for a couple of years. You mentioned they won 24 nothing last year, and that's kind of where this team has to go in order to be in the playoff hunt again, right? It started out very slow, and then a 7-8 game winning streak uh, followed it, and the defense is really what led that. You think about how they had Jared Goff sitting on his head. They had... Jimmy G absolutely horrified in the backfield. And that's how we kind of need this game to go. And that's why I think that offense is going to get plenty of opportunities. Uh, Josh, is this the week we could possibly see Jalen Phillips emerge? I mean, we've had Javon Holland getting so much love lately. Hell, I've, I've seen Justin Coleman getting love. I think he's the third best slot receiver, slot cornerback, excuse me, in terms of reception percentage or quarterback rating against. I, I'm, we'll get to that in a minute. I'm you know jumping in front of myself here. Uh, but is it time for him to be in front of the stat sheet in terms of, you know, top of PFF grades? Is this going to be his cheating, you know, four sack performance that you see some guys get against just great, great matchups? Uh, what do you expect at a defensive front? 
Jake, I mean, I would love for this to be that Jalen Phillips breakout game where, you know, you see his face all over NFL.com, you know, two or three sacks. I mean, this is yeah. kind of shaping up to be that way because I don't know if we saw we'll get an injury report later on today, probably once his podcast posts. But um, as of Thursday, Elijah Campbell, the defensive back, was limited. Brandon Jones was limited. Andrew Van Ginkle and Christian Wilkins were both limited. And earlier today, Brian Flores said that both AVG and Christian Wilkins are working very hard to get back out there. But we first them as day to day. And I mean, I listen to these podcasts. Uh, I listen to these press conferences pretty often. And I mean, and these on, podcasts. Yeah. And these subscribe, podcasts. You subscribe and, to yes, them too. Please subscribe. Yes. Subscribe and rate five stars. I always rate this podcast five stars, but I was listening to that. And I mean, part of me just kind of immediately thought, okay, this sounds like some of those injuries previously where, you know, okay, just cause they're day to day and, you know, maybe play this week, they end up not. So with AVG being one of those guys that might not play, I mean, that would be the perfect situation for Jalen Phillips to go out there, take on more of those reps and become more of that physical presence. Cause I mean, I, we keep seeing it with Javon Holland. I mean, he looks Looks like he is a legit superstar. We're starting to see a little bit from Jalen Phillips. So um, uh, this, again, just like the offense, this is that chance for the Dolphins to get right, for things to all go their way. And when you're playing Joe Flacco, I don't know about you, Jake, but just part of me believes that, you know, the Dolphins, they're going to definitely score on defense, part of me thinks. And, you know, they're going to have these yeah. takeaways. But at what point, Jake, did the Jets realize, similar to the way the Dolphins probably did with Jacoby Bursitt, and they realized that, you know, a banged up Zach Wilson or Mike White, not at 100%, is still better than Joe Flacco in the year 2021. I mean, they have to come to that realization pretty damn quick. And hopefully it's at the end of this game. Yeah, Josh. And they're kind of sitting here just throwing things against the wall. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they switched quarterbacks every single quarter for the sake of nothing is really working. And this should be a good matchup for that defensive front. Uh, you look at Emmanuel Agba, Josh. This dude has been absolutely balling. Uh, let me see. I got his stats here. Uh, five sacks, 23 tackles, and 16 quarterback hits. In general, the Dolphins are first in quarterback hits and 14th in pressure rate. The Jets have allowed 25 sacks this season. That's just two less than the Miami Dolphins. That tells you that Jets offensive line is really not too strong itself. So that's why you think maybe, hey, Andrew Van Ginkle, you know, maybe is on the snap count. If he even does play, Jalen Phillips can really slide into that spot. Uh, I can't see Joe Flacco being someone who can escape the pocket too much. So I think there might be some good old fashioned, you know, Tom Brady sacks where you kind of touch them and they, you know, armadillo and just kind of bounce up into a ball and, and live to fight another day in a sense. And Jake, I love that you called an armadillo sack because is that not what we saw last week with Lamar Jackson? I think Javon Holland was coming off the edge and he just kind of curled up in a ball. So I'd like to see some of those plays, Jake. I mean, when you look at their offense, the two players that stick out most to me is has to be Michael Carter, the rookie running back from North Carolina. You heard Brian Flores praise him at his press conference today, and nothing makes me more furious than to hear him say how awesome <laughs> this guy was throughout the week at, C- at the Senior Bowl and how they, they love the type of player he was and then the fact that they have Hunter Long inactive and Michael Carter could be, you know, that missing piece in this offense. So I like what Michael Carter brings as far as the run game. Does strike a little bit of fear in me, but then Elijah Moore, man. Ten receptions, 128 yards, and three touchdowns over the last two weeks. That was versus Buffalo and any. Indianapolis and I keep going back to you know the spring months when I heard you know someone was at camp and they just said this guy reminds me of Odell Beckham Jr. as a rookie he's that big Mm -hmm. playmaker so the Dolphins have those high price corners they got an Xavier Howard they got Byron Jones I want to see how they match up with a young explosive playmaker like Elijah Moore because yes he has Joe Flacco throwing the football but he's going to be in New York for many years to come so those are the two guys that I think you know can bring the most fear into this defense but Overall, man, I don't know, like you said, how can Joe Flacco, how can this offense do anything against a defense who right now is on a whole nother level than what we've seen all season long? 
Yeah, Josh, and more as someone who plays in the slot, so I'll correct this and say the right uh, statistic here. Justin Coleman has the third lowest passer rating when targeted in the slot. I think that might be the matchup to watch. I think it's a little interesting too, Josh, that the team has kind of switched their tone towards Coleman and Nick Needham, who we kind of felt like Nick Needham was the guy who was performing better earlier in the season. And I was getting a little concerned, man, because in the offseason, I think we were both kind of saying that this was a guy uh, who might have struggled in Detroit because he was the only cornerback. He was supposed to be the number one guy. Uh, But when he's allowed to just play the slot and just focus on one specific role uh, inside of a system that has, you know, Byron Jones uh, and Xavier Howard, that maybe he could kind of find his role. We're starting to see that. We're starting to not feel like homers with that take. and, And that is always a nice little bonus. So, Josh, where do you see that, you know, the final score of this game going, because I watch the NFL previews they post on YouTube every week. They're really interesting. And I actually pull a lot of the statistics from it. Um, they all had the dolphins winning and some of them were, you know, 32 to 24, uh, 25 to like 18, something really weird. And then Mark Sessler, uh, he went with 18 to nine. And I felt like that would be the most dolphins game, uh, ever to happen this week, right? Because I think we want them to be that team that goes out and wins, you know, 24 to nothing again, like they did last year. Uh, But this team is three and seven for a reason, Josh. So that 18 to nine screams to me because I could see you score two touchdowns. You miss an extra point. You get a safety and a field goal. That's how I really feel this AFC East battle going, man. And I don't know why. Probably because, I mean, we've seen it before, right? I mean, I know I personally have been to MetLife when there was one of those snail fests on Monday Night Football. But, Jake, I feel like this game is going to be what we, you know, hope from the Dolphins fans. 31-13 is the score. I know I've been negative over the last few weeks, and I think I have reason for that. But the trade deadline has passed, and since the Dolphins are 2-0, this team is playing their ass off. The defense looks alive again. The offense did some good things last week when Tua came into the game. So against one of the NFL's worst defenses, Miami will let Tua cook like we've only ever imagined. He's going to have one of the best games of his young career, and cocky Dolphins Twitter is going to be back stronger than ever. So 31-13 Dolphins, and like I said earlier, Jake, I do think the defense scores one of those touchdowns. Josh, let's wrap it up with this thought. The one concern I have with that is I think the Jets are playing Joe Flacco in order to keep the game close. And by keep the game close, I don't mean move the football. I think I mean by not turning the football over compared to someone like Mike White who make might take a couple chances and then you watch three play and they were really silly chances, but that's what a young player does. I just have a concern that this is going to be a field position battle. And I don't know if you can rely on Albert Wilson and Isaiah Ford to be those top two guys again. I mean, one out of every three or four games, I think you can really expect. And that's what makes someone like Albert Wilson so good for your team when he can erupt in those situations. But I really don't know, man, if these wide receivers can make it work two weeks in a row. I don't know. Maybe the Dolphins finally get back to their roots and be that team that um, set franchise records and and tight out tight end receptions and touchdowns a season ago. But that I still think is going to be the biggest concern is just that defense doesn't get those explosive plays because they're just playing offense. So defensively where, you know, it's a bunch of three and outs Flacco doesn't, you know, try to throw the ball downfield It's check down, check down and, and, you know, punt it away. Great point, Jake. And, you know, with them playing conservative, we've seen the Dolphins offensively play conservative throughout the week. So maybe it will be a little bit more of a low scoring contest. Look at me ran on your parade. How about yeah, that? Yeah, you definitely <laughs> did. Now I'm back to being the guy with the dark cloud hanging over my head. Jake, before we wrap up this podcast, I had to ask you something and I have a nice story I want to tell. But what has been your favorite Jets Dolphins game throughout your life? You know, whether it was a game you were at, whether it was a game you saw on TV. I mean, I know a lot of people would say the fake spike game, but tell me your favorite game, Dolphins Jets. 
The most memorable, I'll start there, is when Geno Smith trucked Danelle Ellerby into the end zone and the Dolphins missed the playoffs in 2013 uh, because they lost to lowly Bills and Jets. And that was absolutely wonderful. That was the clutch gene year. Uh, was miserable. But Josh, I mean, that game against the Jets to keep them out of the playoffs with Brett Favre at quarterback, I think it ended with a Jason Taylor, either a sack or he had a pressure for an interception or something like that. That was a nice little note to have to end the season, despite it not being one of the more promising Dolphin seasons. Jake, mine is a little bit different. I My last game I was at was with Sutton, Cat, Kanata. I don't know if you remember that, but that was when Wake, Nadamik, and Sue absolutely almost killed Bryce oh, yep. Petty. But my favorite game, uh, I thought maybe you were going to say, back in 2008, Week 17, Dolphins 24, Jets 17, Pennington versus Favre. I remember it like it was yesterday. My dad, my brother-in-law, myself, we were all on my mom's Volkswagen Cabriolet. It was a freaking... Uh, it was stick shift and we just pulled up to the stadium. All these jets fans were surrounding us. And my dad just goes, thanks for Chad baby. And just stalls this car in front of everyone. We look like complete asses, but at the end of that game, you know, the dolphins had the last laugh. I think it was the last time they won the AFC East. Ted Ginn had a touchdown. Anthony Fasano had a touchdown. Jeremiah Bell almost, you know, killed Brett Favre at the end of that game. That was the most. <laughs> that might game. be what I'm thinking of. That, that might've been my- it. Yeah. That might have been it, but that was the last time the Dolphins uh, won the AFC East. I was there, and again, that was my most memorable Dolphins game ever, to be completely honest. Josh, and hopefully, hopefully soon, we'll be able to have those new memories. I mean, hell, I think the the most exciting was the – I think Christmas Eve when, when JJ uh, went bananas that game in Buffalo, I think that was the latest, you know, late season dramatic win they had. I know there were some Patriot ones, but that one I just kind of felt a little bit differently. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. We are a little negative. I think that's warranted when your team's three and seven. Uh, but hey, you know, come Sunday, we'll be those cocky Dolphin fans. So follow us. Talk to about the game with us on Twitter. Josh can be found at H-O-U-T-Z. Simple as that. I am at jmendel94. Uh, we said it in the middle of the show, but I'll say it again. Hit that subscribe button. You'll know exactly when a show goes live. Jake, one quick thing before we go, something we can discuss more on the next podcast, but Dallas Goddard, the tight end from the Philadelphia Eagles, just received a four-year extension worth $57 million. $35 million of that is guaranteed. That puts him top three among tight ends making $14.25 million a year. And I only say that because Mike Gesicki is going to make more than that, in my opinion. And the Dolphins, I mean, they should have locked him up before, but they need to do something ASAP because every single day, those zeros at the end of Mike Gesicki's contract just continues to go up. So I had to throw that out there, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back Monday after the Miami Dolphins defeat the New York Jets for the Jake and Josh Show, part of SB Nation's Finsider Radio. I'm Josh Haltz. That's Jake Mendel. We'll talk to you next time. Fins up. J-E-T-S. Insider and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami has
Cause we're the Miami Dolphins. 